Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. So we want to go through some of this message today about what happened and the story of the resurrection and not just the resurrection, but what led up to it a little bit. But, you know, think about this. Jesus, the word of God tells us, is the creator. He created the earth. He's also called the word of God. Now, that's so mysterious, isn't it? Jesus is the word of God and the word of God created the earth. I don't understand what all that looked like, but I know that Jesus has existed from eternity as the Son of God, and He's the one that created the worlds. So the Creator was sent to earth. The Creator was sent to His creation, and His own creation rejected Him. The Creator's own creation (laughs) rejected Him. And not only that, these special people that He had called out to give understanding of Him, to, to help them go along, and which were the Jews, and to know Him and to understand who He would be so that they could recognize Him. They rejected Him. And you see, He had just come, and what was He doing? Good deeds. He was showing us who the Father was. He's healing sick people. He's casting demons out of tormented people. He's just doing good everywhere. He's forgiving sinners. You know, he talks about being a, um, a physician for sinners whose souls are messed up, who's sick on the inside. I love that picture because he says, I need to spend time with them because they need a physician. So what does it mean he's doing? How, how is he spending time with the sinners? He's there helping them get their souls worked out, get their questions ironed out to fix them. You know, most of humanity, I would say all of humanity is messed up on the inside. And we've got to get humanity connected with Christ again, because Christ is the one that helps fix us. He's the one that helps figure out things. He's the one that gives us the healing that we need on the inside, right? But that's what he was living for. But he also spoke truth to society. And he spoke truth very boldly, very boldly. And he exposed the hypocrites of his day. I mean, he just openly spoke and exposed the hypocrite leaders of his day. Now, why did he do that? Was Jesus a politician? No, Jesus wasn't a politician, but he was exposing hypocrite leaders of his day because they were the ones misrepresenting God and they were the ones that were actually oppressing the people. So these leaders naturally were in a mode of self-preservation. And what are they going to do? What would you do if you're a wicked, evil leader manipulating people and you want them to honor you and to, you know, revere your name and whatnot? What are you going to do? You're going to hate the ones who are exposing you. That's the way human nature is. And so they hated Jesus. So what they do about Jesus? They lied about him and they accused him. And the thing that really gets under my skin about the way they did it is these are hypocrites and in the name of morality and righteousness they were accusing somebody of evil who was righteous man that's got to get under god's skin i mean i know that's not a good metaphor there but 
I mean, that's got to irritate God that people would use the name of righteousness and morality in an evil way. So they're telling people, hey, you believe in that Jesus? You don't know what you're talking about. Do you know what he said? He blasphemed God. He's done this. He's done that. We're the educated ones. We're the ones who know better. You guys don't know very much. You're gullible. You're easily led in the wrong direction. And he would, they even went so far to say, if you start believing in this guy, it is so against God, we're going to kick you out of the synagogues. We're going to kick you out, kick you away from all your friends, all your family. I mean, this is the way they were. And another thing that really irritates me about this is these are the respected religious leaders and society leaders. These are people that others were continually looking to, trying to get direction and understanding how to follow God. I mean, think of the irony that these were the very ones that were leading people astray, right? So they lied about Jesus. These are the ones, you know, they're looking clean on the outside, but they're full of hypocrisy on the inside. And I just want to mention for a moment, there's nothing new under the sun. This kind of stuff is still happening today. People give a, I'm doing this in the name of morality and in the name of what's right. But on the inside, they're full of hypocrisy and they're just serving themselves. Jesus himself said, watch out for these kind of people. Do not let these kind of people leaven you. They will lead your mind and your attitudes astray and they'll lead you away from God's truth. These very individuals brought Jesus to court. They arrested him took him, we'll call it kangaroo court, right? They had him sentenced to death. What an injustice. I mean, here it is, the guilty ones bringing the innocent one to court, and he gets a death sentence. I mean, no greater injustice has ever happened in history. And then after the death sentence, you've got Pilate. You know, they were under the Roman occupation, right? And so Pilate was representing the Romans, and he has to be in charge. He talks to Jesus And he's going, man, this guy didn't do anything wrong. Pilate's not necessarily a godly man, but he knows the guy didn't do anything wrong. Plus, Pilate's wife comes to Pilate and says, hey, I had a dream about that man. He's a good man. You better have nothing to do with killing him because I had a dream and a big warning, and that must have come from God. And I fully believe the dream came from God. So Pilate's going, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with killing this guy. I'm going to... Give them an opportunity to set him free. Because they brought him up here. He's got the death penalty. But I'm going to give everybody the opportunity to set him free because I know it's just these religious leaders. They're jealous. But the people, they'll go and they will let him free if I give them a chance. So he goes up to all the people and he says, Okay, this is the time of the year where you can have one person set free. To make a long story short, he gave them the chance to set Jesus free. And What do they do? They shout, crucify him. Why have they shouted, crucify him? Well, no doubt the religious leaders have influenced the crowd, intimidated the crowd, and influenced the attitude and the atmosphere of what's going on. And they shout, crucify him. Now, when I think about that, I put myself in Jesus' shoes. And I think, man, even though he knows this is God's plan, There's got to be some kind of pain in that because the very people that you've been praying for, the very people you've been helping, 
You have been healing. You have been burdened for them, asking God to help them, doing your best to show God to them and to to bring them into their breakthrough. Those very people are the ones who reject and not only reject, they're shouting, crucify this man. I mean, I think about that and I think, wow, what rejection our Lord Jesus went through. And so then they crucified him. You probably know this, but the crucifixion is a horrible death and it starts out with people being flogged. I mean, the whole thing that Jesus went through was about 18 hours. 18 hours of torture, pain, and intense shame. This kind of thing was done to the worst of criminals in Rome. They did it as an example. It was so bad, and they would hang people up for people to go by and look at what was being done. And these individuals were like the examples of what might happen to you if you do something bad in Rome or under the Roman occupation. This could happen to you too. It was an example. They tried to make it so bad where nobody would want to mess up. And that's the kind of death Jesus had. It was a horrible thing. I hate to think of that. I mean, I think of Jesus up on the cross, his clothes taken off his body. His, he's there. I mean, he's been, his, his whole body's in pain because of the beatings. He's, and then he's up there and it says people are walking by, wagging their heads. Yeah, who do you think you are? Come to, he knows he's the son of God. He knows he's in the right. He's been falsely accused. He's gone through a court where everybody's calling him guilty and he's done nothing wrong. He's now being sentenced to death as an innocent man. People are wagging their heads at them like almost like it's the devil doing it through them saying, I got you and who do you think you are? Just putting him down. But anyway, he dies on that cross and then he was put in the grave. And all those people that had followed him and loved him were confused and grieved and burdened They knew that a complete injustice had happened. They knew about all the lies. They knew about all the corruption. They knew everything that had just happened should not have happened. And they're thinking, why did this happen? Why didn't God come through? God has been with this man the whole time. They could not understand what had just gone on. I believe also their faith was probably rocked. I mean, they had come to know this man is the Messiah. He's the king. And in their mind, that equated to, uh, you know, his kingdom being set up. They were thinking, oh, he's going to continue to increase. Oh, he just raised a man from the dead. He just raised Lazarus from the dead. He's done this. Man, look at the crowds. He just came in. And look, they're singing Hosanna to the king. I mean, they were on cloud nine, so to speak. Hey, God's doing it. God's doing it. Man, we're getting our breakthrough. This has been thousands of years, and it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And boom, in just a few days, they go from 100% excitement like they've never experienced to the worst discouragement they've ever experienced in their lives. <laughs> you know, that's where they were. They had no idea what's going on. They didn't know what God's doing. And I tell you, see, that's the same kind of place I'll tell you that we go through many times. But anyway, so we go from there. You're looking at like some intense next couple of days. You got, you know, them being afraid. Hey, what is this going to happen to us next? Are they going to get rid of us next? Are they going to kill us? They're hiding. They're afraid. You remember how it started out? Peter even was so afraid. He denied Jesus. Hey, you were one of those with him, weren't you? No, not me. 
No, not me. He said he denied him three times and then he went off. He couldn't believe what he did. He just began to weep. I can't believe I denied Christ. I can't believe it. I never thought I would. I thought I'd always serve him. I thought I'd always be faithful. And I got in this situation. Man, I'd never understood the pressure of what it was going to feel like. I don't know what was in me that made me do that. Peter was discovering his weakness that he never knew he had. But anyway, it was, it was an intense few days. But then on the third day, breakthrough came. On the third day, breakthrough came. You see, sometimes we can wait so long for something to happen. And things can look so bad. And we just don't understand what's going on. And that's exactly what was going on in that situation. And again, we can relate with these kinds of burdens so much. Breakthrough came to that group of people. Breakthrough came. And of course, you know the rest of the story. After Jesus rose from the dead, they didn't know it. You know, sometimes when breakthrough happens, it starts out sort of quiet. God's already broken through, but we don't really recognize it yet. You know, we don't see it yet. And I just want to say this. Say, I want to talk about breakthrough a little bit today. I might do it now. I might do it later. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, you see, breakthrough comes to us sometimes very subtly. We don't even realize that it's happened yet. If you look at this story, Jesus, he's risen from the dead. Mary comes to the tomb Sunday morning and she goes inside the tomb, looks around and he's gone. Guess what? Mary doesn't go, yay, he rose from the dead. No, Mary goes, somebody took his body out of here. That's what she thought. And it says she goes and she runs and gets Peter and John. And she, she says, somebody took Jesus's body out of the tomb. And they go, no, yes. They're like, what? And so it says they run to go see it themselves. And then it says, I think John goes first and it says, then Peter runs past him and he's looking in there and they go, and it says, and then they believed. You know, it's funny. People preach that message and they talk about, and then they believed like they believed in the Lord Jesus. No, they didn't. They didn't believe in the resurrection yet. They believed that somebody took his body. They believed they're going, what happened? He's gone. Yep. He sure is gone. Man, this is a confusing thing. Jesus is gone. You see, it's so funny when you read it right instead of our religious classes, they weren't going, oh, he's risen. He's risen. They're going, he's gone. Where, where did they take him? And so they're, they're confused. They don't know what's going on. It, it doesn't even dawn on them. You see, breakthroughs already happened, but they don't even know it yet. They're even seeing signs of it, but they don't, they don't get it yet. And I just, I want to mention this right here is that I believe breakthrough has already begun in our nation. I believe that there's already begun to be an outpouring of people touching them to bring them to Christ. I believe that there's going to be a, a huge and amazing awakening in our nation. And I believe that it's already started, but I believe most people, we can't see it yet. And it's because sometimes that even though it's something great, it may start out with just a little bit of evidence that you're seeing. So they're seeing this little evidence. They can't figure out what's happened, right? And so Peter and John, they start going back home. I could just imagine them on the way. You know how guys are. They're analyzing everything. Probably all the way home. Okay, it could have been this. This could have happened. Oh, you remember so-and-so? He said, no, 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 it wouldn't have been him. No, now who else could it have been? They're trying to figure that out probably all the way home. And what's Mary doing? Mary's sitting there weeping because somehow she's just missing Jesus. So they leave. They're probably trying to figure things out. She's going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And she says she's weeping. 
just staying there. When they left, <laughs> it's just the funniest thing to me. They leave, Jesus shows up. I feel like there's a testimony and a sign in that. You see how they're just going on and she's lingering. She wants him so much and Jesus responds to that and he honors her. She's the first one he shows up to. Uh, here I am. Here I am. Of course, she's all excited. She can hardly believe it herself. He's alive. I want you to think of the shock of this. You see, we don't think of it this way because we've heard the story our whole lives. And we just say, oh, Jesus, he's son of God. He's, of course, he rose from the dead. But put yourself in their shoes. He's the guy. He's the man. He's been with you. You say, well, yeah, but he did miracles. Well, so did the disciples. Remember, he sent them out and they did work miracles, too. Remember that? So God was working through him, but he was a man. How many of you have ever known somebody who's been dead and then they showed up in your living room and started talking to you? Do you see what I'm saying? That's what this was like. Whoa, wait a minute. This is crazy, right? So she goes back, tells all the disciples, hey, guys, this is going to be hard to believe, but this is a lot bigger than you guys think. It's not over. It's just beginning. Breakthrough has happened. So she's excited. And she tells them, and guess which ones of them believe? Not a one of them. Not a one of them. Mary, you don't know what you're talking about. No, wait a second. Okay, now, y'all remember Doubting Thomas? Y'all remember, you know why we call him Doubting Thomas? He's the last one to believe. But he wasn't the last one to believe because, you know, he was the, the most doubting, actually. He's the last one to believe because he's the last one to see Jesus alive. Every time the disciples would get together, Somehow, Thomas, he'd take a trip to the bathroom or go to the grocery store, and he'd come back, and they'd go, Jesus was here. Jesus was here. You missed it. And he's going, yeah, okay. Well, Jesus just showed up to everybody except Thomas. And he finally, he goes, I am not going to believe that junk y'all guys are saying. I think you're crazy. That's never happened to anybody before. I'm not going to believe it until I stick my hand in his side in that hole. I saw the hole in his side where that soldier poked his side, right? I'm going to stick my hand in that hole. I don't want to stick my hand in the hole in his, in his hands, right? And, of course, then Jesus shows up to Thomas, and he goes, Oh, Lord, he knew. None of them believed. Not a single one of them believed. And then until they saw. It's really interesting. And then Jesus goes, and he shows himself to 500. He shows himself to 500 people in the next few days before he went to go see the Father and before the Spirit was poured out. Now, from this story, when he rose from the dead, and from this shock of this man, he rose from the dead. This validated everything. And this was the core piece of their message. So from that day forward, Jesus' 11 disciples, remember he had 12. One of them, Judas, fell away. Now he's got 11 and he's got also 500 that have seen him. These people are going to preach this message the rest of their lives. And the gospel message, the Christianity, so to speak, what we call it, was founded not by some super, some spiritual experience. You, you have these other religions. Oh, an angel came to me. Oh, this happened. Oh, that. Well, how do you know that was God? You see what I, they physically saw Jesus resurrected from the dead. So 
This whole message was started from these 500 who go out and they say, we saw him. And then they explain this means that everything he said and he did is valid. And what did he do? He died for your sins. That was the whole purpose of him coming, uh, that you might be saved. And so what should you do because of that? It says you should believe in the Lord Jesus. You should repent from your sins. That means turn away from what you've been doing that God disagrees with, that, that God said, don't do that. And you have to also begin to do the things where he says, yes, do that. It's not necessarily just about, oh, he just wants rules, this and that. It's like the police. No, it's about what's actually right and wrong. And God is lining us back up with right. And he's lining us up with him. And he's bringing us back into a relationship. The message is God has made a way now through the cross. And he's proved it through the resurrection that Anyone who will, anyone who will believe in him and the work on that cross and who wants to turn back to God, give their lives over to God, he will by no means reject that person, but he will receive them and not only forgive them for their sins, but give them eternal life. And that message started in those few days after the resurrection. And from that message of people that actually seen it's gone all around the world. I want to just highlight one thing in this closing section today. I say one thing, many points or a few points of one thing. But there was such a breakthrough here. And this breakthrough of God coming into the earth and God doing something amazing for man to bring man closer to God, to break off the devil's power, to, to break off the stronghold of the enemy, to drive back the kingdom of darkness. You see, that was a breakthrough. And from that breakthrough, God has desired to bring many more breakthroughs. You see, he desires to see expressions of power and breakthrough over and over in history, bringing man back into alignment with God, breaking off the forces of hell, just like he did there, and, and seeing light and truth and love go forth. You see, I just want to share like a, a few thoughts with you about this season that we've been in, the church has been in, the body of Christ. And I believe where God's bringing us, which I believe is the fullness of the breakthrough. Like I said, I honestly believe breakthroughs already started. People have been praying, God, we need a miracle. God, we need to see your glory. God, we need for you to pour out. We need you to, you to change hearts and lives. Look at how bad things are getting. God, look at this. Look at, look at that. But you see, thank God that there are people who still believe that God loves to bring breakthroughs. God loves to do things on the earth. He still loves people. And the very same motivation in God's heart that made him initially send his son into the earth to die and to send his spirit into the earth to empower men. That same motivation is in God's heart today that wants to see men set free, that wants to see the power released and to see men come to God, to see nations, so to speak, come to God. God's heart has not changed. His power has not changed. It's still available to us if we'll connect to it. 
Y'all see what I'm saying? I mean, it's exciting. We've got to get that mindset in us and break out of the mindset that would hold us back. Anyway, let me just mention just a few points here about breakthrough and what breakthrough looks like so you'll be encouraged in the middle of this time before you may have seen breakthrough in your life or before you've actually witnessed the breakthrough that's going on here. And I'll be real quick with this, but the first thing I want you to remember about breakthrough is God's breakthroughs always happen after the time of greatest difficulty. So don't get discouraged when things look worse than they've been. That's normal. Don't, don't get all upset if it gets, goes from worse to worse. Every time when God's going to bring a great breakthrough, it's going to come out of some bad situation. It just happens over and over. Look at Israel's slavery. They were in Egypt 400 years. Things got worse and worse and worse. They had no power. And Egypt became the greatest nation on the earth. They were the most strong, the most wealthy. There's no way this little group of people, this little nation that had nothing, they were living as slaves, no way they were going to get set free. How could God do that? Well, how did God do it? He did it by miracles. You remember that? Ten amazing miracles. And it ended up with him parting the Red Sea. And they go through. And what happens when they go through the Red Sea? It closes back up on them. And what did God say after that? He said, I want y'all to never forget this. I want you to recite what I did. And why did he ask them to never forget and to recite it? Because he wanted them and us to remember that that is showing the heart of God, that God can do and will do whatever is necessary to bring the breakthrough that we need. It says in those verses that God heard their cries and he sent his deliverer, Moses. Think about that. He heard their cries and their difficult situation. You see, when you cry out to God, man, that touches God's heart. Don't ever think God doesn't hear the cries of your heart. He hears them and he loves to answer them. God loves to come through for us. Get that in your heart. He loves you so much. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to miss it. He doesn't want you to miss eternity with him. He wants it to be with you so badly. Yesterday I was praying and I just had such a, like a, what I would call it, an inspired portion of my prayer where I was just seeing and seeing the heart of God of how he wants to come and knock off discouragement, knock off lies, knock off the deception that sin has brought so many people into and the bondage and the drivenness. He wants to come and he wants to possess his people. He wants to come on people and just be one with him. And he wants to break all that junk off of us and off of those that don't know him yet. It's an exciting thing. God loves to bring breakthrough. Second thing I just want to mention here, God's breakthroughs are almost preceded by times when we don't understand what's going on. That happens all the time. You remember the disciples? What's going on? This happens all the time. We go through trials all the time, and we think, God, why can't I figure out what's going on? God, why don't I know what's going on? Because that's how it happens. God allows us to go through trials, and he allows us to go through things we don't understand. Why? So that our faith roots will go down, and so that we will believe in God like we've never believed before. The times when we don't understand God and yet we make a decision that we're going to walk by faith and not by understanding or walk by faith and not by sight are the times when our faith gets strong. And it's the time when the flaky nature on the inside of us 
gets pushed out of our pores. That's what begins to happen. You see, when God leaves you in a difficult situation and you don't understand what's going on and you've just got to say, God, I can't see, but I trust. God, I can't see, but I trust. And I believe that's where we are, I would have to say, in America right now. I can't understand why this has happened. I don't understand why this is going on, why that's going on, why our culture is going this direction so quickly. You know what? All I know is I put my confidence in the God of breakthroughs, and we've seen breakthroughs before. We shall see breakthroughs again. They are coming. They are definitely coming. Another thing I'll mention about breakthroughs, the trials you're going through right now are the key to the breakthrough in the next season that you're going to go into. You see what you're going through right now? Some people just hate it as much as they, they can. But you know what? What you're going through right now is preparing you for the blessing that God has for you in your future. You would not be able to handle the blessing and to be able to walk it out if you didn't go through what you're going through now or the things that you've already gone through. You've probably heard this story about the little chick who's, well, he comes alive inside the egg, but he's in the egg. All he's got is a shell. That shell looks like his enemy. That's between him and the outside. He's got to pick at that shell, and he's got to work at it, and he's got to work at it. He gets tired. He lays down sometimes. You know, he gets back up. He pecks a little more. He he lays back down. He gets gets up and pecks a little more. Finally, he breaks enough of that shell to where he can get out. And uh, biologists say that if that little chick didn't go through that process of breaking the egg, resting, breaking the egg, and getting stronger, if he were just brought out and you broke the egg for him, he wouldn't even make it in life. He'd die because he wasn't made strong through the trial that was meant to bring him to the next phase of his life. And that's an illustration for us. Because if you go through God's trials of difficulty, they are doing nothing but preparing you for where you are getting ready to go and something that God's got in mind for you. Man, I love that. And I love this. I love the power of this story with the disciples. Man, they thought it was just like this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened to us. Do you realize? Look how flaky Peter had been. Look how he denied Jesus. Look how he ran. Man, that never happened with these disciples again. What they went through in that trial, by the time it was over and Jesus showed himself, man, I am telling you, God did such a work on the inside of them. They never failed in that way again. They never let down their master again. And their faith was strong. They would have not been those men had they not gone through that trial. God used that trial to bring them to where they needed to be so that they could be what they needed to be when they were given the greater stewardship of the increase and the new level of fruitfulness that God was going to bring them into. And I would just say, God is always bringing us from one place of fruitfulness to another place of fruitfulness. And we have to be willing to go through whatever we have to go through to get there. And sometimes that requires pruning trials that will pull off things that we need to have pulled off And it will require our roots of faith to go deep in God. Because what's going to happen is, God said this over and over. What's his goal? To make the fruitful produce even more fruit. You are on your way to a breakthrough. Life is all about breakthroughs. God's continually bringing breakthroughs into the earth. And if you're following the Lord, God has a breakthrough for you. Just think about that. God's not left you to go, okay, 
There you are. That's who you are. No. When you come to God, God already begins to think, oh, I love breakthroughs. I can't wait for this breakthrough. I can't wait for that promotion. I can't wait for this level of increase and fruitfulness and blessing. He loves it. And he just loves to see us do well. Another thing we see, often it looks like before we see the breakthrough, it looks like Satan is the one who's got the momentum. It looks like Satan is the one who's winning. It looks like he's the one who's increasing. Man, I could just look around the world and go, man, it looks like Satan's kingdom's getting stronger and stronger. It looks like God's kingdom's just getting like, uh, like oh, God's the wimpy kingdom. God's the no power kingdom. Da, 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 da. You know, I could just look around everywhere and just say that. You know, I could, I could form my worldview on that. I could say, oh, that just means, you know, the church is just going to keep going down and down and down until Jesus finally comes. You know, that's not actually what the Bible says at all. The Bible talks about a victorious people that are going to see the world change, so to speak. Do you realize that since Jesus, the world didn't go worse and worse and worse? Do y'all realize that? Did you know that the world is a much better place now because of Jesus Christ and the gospel than it was 2,000 years ago? The whole world has changed. Every place that the gospel has gone, it's changed for good, right? And you think that the God who cares so much about humanity, who sends His Son and then sends the Holy Spirit, is then going to go, oh, but that last generation, I don't care too much about them. I don't think I'm going to pour out my power in that generation. No, He's so willing and He's so looking forward to doing it again. If He's willing to send His Son, that was difficult on God, to send his only son to live the way he had to. But he had to because that was fulfilling righteousness. And our debts had to be paid. That's the only thing that was worthy of the payment price. I mean, it had to be done that way. But if he's going to do that, do you not think he's going to also come through for this generation? Does he love that generation, but not this one? No. In fact, I believe the greater things are going to be the latter things. The Bible even talks about that, that last harvest there's going to be an amazing outpouring of God's Spirit. There's going to be an amazing harvest of souls. The light's going to come on. People are going to begin to see. Deception's going to get knocked off. People are going to be hungry for God again. They're going to want to go forward with God again. They're going to be pulled out of the, the junk of this world. And maybe, I don't, I mean, it happens different for everybody, but there's going to be some move of God and the power of God that this generation needs to get set free. And I will just want to tell you, don't look and go, well, things are getting worse and worse. Okay, that just means when God shows up, when it happens, it's going to be bigger and bigger than you could have imagined. I just believe that fully. And lastly here, when Jesus came back, the beginning of this breakthrough happened with the resurrection. It was like a two-phased breakthrough. The second phase was in the Holy Spirit being poured out, right? So, so Jesus comes to disciples. He explains the Holy Spirit. He's coming. Oh, it's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be power. The gifts of God are going to flow through you. I don't even want you to go out anywhere. I don't want you to be telling people about me yet. Just wait. I want you to wait till you get this power. It's coming. They're like, oh, what are you telling them to do? Wait. It's coming, but you got to wait. Now, what if they go, oh, who knows? It could be 10 years. It could be 20. Who knows? And they just went about their own business. They didn't do that, did they? What were they doing? It's coming. He didn't tell us when. He just said it's coming. Do you think it's this week? I, again, these are the guys at work, right? Hey, what do you think it's going to be? You think it's this week? Oh, maybe. And another, another guy, oh, I don't know. 
You know, I remember one time we were praying for something and it took us three years. And I said, you never know. And then somebody else, I mean, they don't know when it's going to come. He, but he said, wait until it comes. Days pass, days pass, right? And then on the day of Pentecost, he didn't say when it was going to happen, but they had to wait. I just want to encourage you in this. God has said their breakthroughs coming in the earth. And he was say, He said, if you'll cry out, I'll hear. If you ask, I'll respond to your prayers. But our goal is to keep pulling on God, keep waiting, and not being discouraged in the process and go, well, maybe he didn't really mean that. Or maybe he's not really coming. Or maybe he won't really answer prayers anymore. Or maybe God doesn't really pour out his spirit anymore. Maybe God did it. Maybe did it. Did it, did it. No, no. Get rid of your doubt. Get rid of your fear and get in a posture of receiving because it is time. I believe it's very nigh time for God to move. In fact, I believe it's already started. I'll finish with this little example. There's a story, uh, an example I heard a man give one time and he said, if you're a surfer, you don't sit at the beach with your surfboard and go, "Mm, oh, I think that's it. And then you get on the surfboard and run out to catch it. And that's what many Christians do. They're like, they're like, do, you know, distracted, whatever. And uh, they're, they're just like, well, when God starts moving, I'll jump in. But you see, there's, there are others that, that understand how things work. They get on their surfboard and they're out there. They're waiting. They're looking, <laughs> you see, and they're just waiting for that wave to come. I want to just tell you that's what it's like right now with the Lord. God's getting ready to move. He wants you to get back out on the water, go deep. And he wants you to get ready. He wants you to be in prayer. He wants you to be in anticipation. He wants you to begin to connect with his burden for what he's doing right now. You've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And he wants to use you. You've been prepared for what's getting ready to happen. And he's got a great plan for you uh, in, in what's getting ready to come into earth. So, amen. Well, let's just pray. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, so much for the plan of God. We thank you for the breakthrough that comes through us through your word and through the Holy Ghost and through what you've designed to do. God, we just say today, God, we believe you, Lord, for breakthrough. We stand strong and confident. Some of us might be in a place of uncertainty today. And God, we just all agree together. Oh, Lord, we shall stand strong because we're going to make it. Some of us might be in a situation where it looks like it's getting from going from bad to worse. Uh, God, we just declare with them today, oh God, uh, it's not going to end like this. God is the God of breakthrough. And all that getting worse means is there's going to be a bigger miracle at the end. Lord, there might be many today who are in a place where they don't understand what's going on. They don't understand their life. They don't understand where they are. They've got trials going on they don't understand. And Father, we just agree with them today. Lord, you are faithful. You are faithful. And God, we thank you for this. Thank you, Lord, for you restoring every person who's been discouraged who's been weighed down, who's thought maybe God's not going to come through anymore. Maybe God's not going to do anything. Maybe this isn't actually going to, maybe this is the way things are. No, Lord, I pray everyone would awaken to faith and awaken to the potential that's in the Holy Spirit today and awaken to what you want to do. 
And God, I'm looking to you and I'm expecting miracles. Lord, I just want to say, and everybody can agree with me, Lord, I just thank you. I see miracles happening. I see the power of God being poured out. I see people sharing the gospel with a new power. I see, I see the Holy Spirit working in hearts, bringing lives to people. I see lives being broken through. I see excuses falling down flat and, and people being, their hearts being laid bare before God. Lord, I see a generation of people who are hungering for the Lord, coming to God in this hour, worshiping you, Lord God, loving you, Lord God, laying down their lives for you and being so happy and free because they've truly found you. Lord, we thank you that hour's upon us. God, we pray let it fully manifest now. Lord, we're out there. We're getting on our surfboards. We're out there. We're looking. We just want to flow with what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.